I've said this before, every author, I don't care who you are. I don't care who you publish with. I don't care. I don't care. Your biggest number one thing that you should be doing is build your platform. Someone to sell it to. Hey friends, frenemies, acquaintances, and haters. You too. Welcome to the Rebel Maker Podcast, where I, Marty Stotler, the Rebel Queen, your resident publishing maven, and serial entrepreneur encourages rebellious behavior and rebellious action in women all across the globe. If you believe like I do, then you're in the right place. One, books change lives. Women totally run the world. Collectively, we have all of the answers. And on a scale from one to you just read my damn mail, not chasing that burning desire deep inside you is equivalent to a warm beer on a hot day. This podcast is a rallying call for high-performing women like you with big vision and a bigger will to lock arms and source all the tools we need to succeed for ourselves, for each other, and for the world at large. So cheers, friend. Here's to shortening the learning curve and chasing down those dreams like our livelihood depends on it, because it kind of does. Tasha, thank you so much for agreeing to be on the podcast with me. I have actually stalked you on Facebook. I don't remember where... I don't know. We probably have a mutual friend or something. And you had posted and you do human design, correct? Because I just started like dipping my toes into the human design thing because I think it's super fascinating. But anyways, that's one of our mutual friends is how I was introduced to you. And I like stock your page. Like you've got really great copy. So I'm really glad that you agreed to get on here with me because I'm a fangirl. So I'm going to go ahead and just jump right into this. I'm going to read your bio and then we're going to just like hop right into the juicy stuff. So Tasha is an intuitive copywriter, ghostwriter, wordsmith, yes, ma'am, you are, and copy coach. She is known the world over for helping her clients craft powerful and potent messaging that engages, activates, and converts audiences everywhere. As a copywriter, she uses her intuitive insight to channel your soul's message and turns it into copy that not only converts, but represents your brand. As a ghostwriter, she brings the books that you have in your soul to life. In six months or less, you can realize your dream of authoring a book that will impact people all over the world without having to write it yourself. This is for clients who want to put a book out there with their name on it, but don't want to write it for themselves. And listen, that happens so, so much. I don't think people realize. You're also a human design expert who uses the modality to help clients tap into their unique energetic content writing creation blueprint, which helps them show up authentically and gets results every time. You're on a mission to help as many heart-centered and spirit-led entrepreneurs as possible get their soul-shifting work and messages into the world. So I want to talk about your business. Tell me how you got started doing what you're doing. Give me your story. Like, How did you get started doing what you're doing? I was a speech pathologist. That's what I was doing at the time. I went to Dubai in 2014. After living in New York for about three and a half, almost four years. Okay. Can I just stop you real quick right there? Because I need to know, did you go to Dubai because of your profession? Yes. Okay. Carry on. Just curious. I went to Dubai and the way I stumbled upon that even being a, a, like an option for me was I was getting bored in New York, loved living there, 
wonderful, but I was getting bored and I'm like, I felt like I was being pigeonholed in one area of my profession and I wanted to expand it a bit. So I was looking for new opportunities and I came upon this opportunity to be trained in New York and then go to Dubai to work in their clinic that they were building. And I was like, Dubai? Why was I want to go to Dubai? I thought it was a place for the rappers. You know what I'm saying? Because back then, <laughs> rappers were in Dubai and they were whatever. And that's what I thought. And I was like, why would a regular person who has a regular job want to go to Dubai? So I did some research, discovered that there was a, a critical shortage at that time of native English speaking speech pathologists. So I was yeah. like, oh, really? And I started doing some research about what life was like there and so I was like, I need to make sure it's going to be a place I can acclimate myself to. Long story short, ended up getting a job opportunity, moved there August of 2014. Long story. Suffice to say, love living there. Living there was amazing. Would do it again. I actually plan on visiting probably next year. But working there was <laughs> interesting. When I'm going into too many details, it was just a lot. Let me ask you this. Okay. So you go to Dubai. Have you ever been out of the country across the ocean before? Because I've been to Mexico, been to Jamaica, but I've never been. No, I had never been to a whole other continent. Yeah. No. Listen, how scary. Did you go by yourself? Yeah. Went by myself. I didn't have, still don't have a family, no kids, nothing like that. And But what I did, and this is what kind of got me into the online space and using social media the way that I use it now. I started making connections with people who were already there. They were already living there or they were moving there around the same time I was moving there. So I started to make friends. I joined Facebook groups. I started networking, meeting different people. I'm in a sorority, a historically Black sorority. So I made connections with some of my sorority sisters who were already living there. Like it was like I started using social media in that way. And I had already had ideas in my head to start a bit. I had been wanting to start a business since I was six. Yes. I knew when I was a child that I want to start a business. I didn't know it was going to be online because yeah. I, was, I was born in the 80s. And there was no online making it. No, there wasn't. Okay. So listen, when you were six and you said, I've wanted to start a business since I was six. I wanted to start a business for like ever in a day. Mm-hmm. What took you so long to start your business? Because I was raised... Traditionally, my parents, traditional African-American parents, they wanted me to go to college and make sure I had a job, a good job so I could take 401k. So even though interestingly, my dad raised my sister and I and my brother to be entrepreneurial, to think like entrepreneurs. He told us when we were young, real young, very young, probably three, four, five years old before we probably even understood what he was talking about. He said that the boss is the one who makes all the money. So if you wanted to be control your own destiny and not have a cap on the income that you were going to make, you have to be the boss. Yes. So that I, that he put that in my head when now he pretends not to remember that, but he put that <laughs> in my head when I was a young, very young child. So I was always thinking, my mind was always racing about, okay, how could I, Turn whatever interest I had at the time into a business. Of course, it was a brick and mortar business, but 
So that I was always thinking that way. I was all even when I was a speech pathologist, I entertained the idea of starting my own agency, picked a name out for it, all kinds of stuff. Ended up not doing it because it was too much red tape in New York to do that. I always had that idea in my head. Okay, I'm going to start this thing. When I was in grad school, that was around 2008. That was when the whole digital marketing thing was just exploding. So I got this idea that I could write a book, write an ebook to help speech pathologists, and then grow the book, make yes. money selling the book. And yes. that was the first idea for a, an online business. Yeah. And, and it went from that to coaching. I, that was what I was initially going to do. I was going to have a digital product-based business. But then I saw this ad and this one was like, have you ever thought about turning your expertise into a coaching or consulting business? And she was like, you can make so much more money because you can charge people for your expertise way more than you could charge them for a, an ebook yeah. or something else. And so that's what got me into coaching. I went on to start to launch a business. Um, initially, it was around speech pathology because that was what I was in, right? Yeah. But then I ended up wanting to be initially a life coach. So I yeah. went to coaching, a life coach training program, really transformational program. Really, it changed my life, to be honest. Okay, so let me ask you this question. Can you name drop the program? Yeah, it's called Accomplishment Coaching. Okay, because listen, I have talked to so many people that they're super smart. They just connect with people. They see things. And we've talked about coaching. And they're like, I wouldn't even know how to start. And honestly, I I don't have a desire to coach. I wouldn't even know where to tell them to start either. (laughs) It's nice to hear you say, hey, this was really, truly a transformational coaching program. And then so when you took this program, that's what got you started into the online space. I was already in the online space, but what it did for me was, for one, it was a dual program. So we learned coaching and leadership skills while experiencing it. So we had our own coach and we got to coach people as a part of the program. Through every month of the program, you're working on different areas. Like we worked on money, relationships, sex, intimates, all kinds of stuff. Yeah. And we were working on ourselves while learning how to work with other people. Yeah. So it was like this dual experience that honestly really changed my life. Like it didn't necessarily bring me into the online space. I had already taken some marketing, online marketing. I was already on Facebook. It was not what it is today though. What the program helped me to do was to, to really become myself and show up more authentically it also helps me to realize that energetics in a person's state of being, because that's what we were training how to be, like ontological coaches to help people shift who they're being on the inside. Then it could be reflected, obviously, in their reality. Yeah. I was just getting into like metaphysics and energetics. And so I want I, initially I thought I wanted to be a life coach, but what ended up happening was since I was already in the online space, I already knew a lot about the coaching industry. I ended up focusing on marketing. And at the time I called it energetic marketing because I was helping them to shift who they were being on the inside so that it could be reflected in how they showed up in their marketing. And to be honest with you, until I picked up human design, that's when it really took off. 
in 2020 during the pandemic was when my business really took off and people started to know me as a human design expert. So they started to come to me for that. I started using it, help people market their businesses more effectively. Back then, human design was not what it is today. Yeah. Yeah. Handful of people who were talking about it and that was it. Yeah. Not everybody wants to call themselves a human design expert. But back then it was rare. And so I was using this. I was helping people really, and I was really good at it. I was really good at it. And so that's what took off. But I used the coaching that I learned to really help people to show up authentically and to accept who they really were as people. Because one of the issues that we have in the online space is the lack sometimes of authenticity and people not really feeling like they can show up and be themselves. It becomes this exhausting thing where you feel like every time you show up online, you have to perform. Yep. It becomes very exhausting. It's not sustainable. So that's the reason why people would have these big bursts of success when they were doing things a certain way. And then because it's not in alignment with who they are, they're not able to maintain it. This is really fascinating. So then at what point did you transition from in this life coaching program? It's totally resonating. It's totally life-changing, but I'm really digging marketing. So what was that transition like? And life coaching was 2018. I yeah. didn't really do much with that. Didn't yeah. get that many clients, whatever. I was still working as an SLP, so it didn't yeah. matter too much. 2019, I morphed into... I've called myself an embodiment coach way before embodiment was even the buzzword that it is today. And, but I wasn't, for some reason, I could not convey the importance of it and have people realize that the embodiment piece was going to help them show up more powerfully in their marketing. And I was resisting saying that I was a marketing coach because I didn't want to be in the business realm because I was like, oh my God, then they're going to think that I'm going to help them make money. And I can't do that. You know what I'm saying? So it was late 2019 going into 2020 that I started, I embraced the energetic marketing piece. And like I said, that's when the business started to take off. When it's through the human design then? Yes, because 2019, I worked with a coach who introduced me to human design. She yeah. did a reading for me. At first I was like, eh, whatever. And then I, saw, I worked with her privately. And so I started implementing it and embodying it in my own business. And I saw it make a huge difference. And then I started, I was like, oh, well, could this work for other people? And what if I, I combined this with what I was already doing with the marketing? And it did. Like I said, it took off. I was really good at it. So Yeah. The rest is history, I guess. (laughs) And here you are. Okay. So then I want to talk about the writing piece a little bit, because when did you realize that and, and embrace that you're a writer? Hey, Rebels. I know you've been listening to The Rebel Maker for a hot minute. And you're probably listening for a couple reasons. One, you're thinking about writing a book. Two, you wrote the book and now you don't know what the hell to do with it. Or three, you need help marketing the book that you've already done because you're falling flat on sales. Great. I got just a thing for you. Go to the website, rebelqueen.co. Book a call with me. Here's what's going to happen. One, I'm going to give you an action plan for exactly what you need to do next. Whatever that next step is, writing it, publishing it, marketing it. And also I'm going to give you an opportunity to ask any question that you have. Go to the website, rebelqueen.co. Book a call with me. 
long. I've always been a good writer since I was a child, though, in school. When it comes to marketing, I don't know, probably around 2019, like 2018, 2020. And then people started coming to me out the blue for copywriting. I, that wasn't something that I even was like, oh, I'm going to be a copywriter. No. People started coming to me and saying, Tasha, do you write copy? Can you write my copy for me? Your content is amazing. Can you write that kind of stuff? And I was like, oh, okay. I write it for myself. I guess I can do it for other people. And so I started here and there, taking on clients, charging them probably way too low. Yeah. (laughs) Because at first I was like, can I even do this? I want to charge somebody a lot of money and then I can't do this. And so I started doing that here and there. And then 2020. Two. Yeah. 2022 was when I decided that I started marketing myself as a copywriter and copy coach because I was like, marketing is cool, but what I really am really good at is the writing piece. I do good with video and stuff like that. I understand how to do video marketing, whatever, but my specialty is writing. That's even to this day, how I sell a majority of my programs is through my written content. I haven't been live in God knows how long. You know what I'm saying? So that's when I was like, let me just narrow down slightly and say, just focus on the writing piece. because, And that's the piece that a lot of people struggle with too. So that's when I was like, okay, let me narrow down to this piece. And then within that realm, there's still a lot of stuff to talk about. Your messaging, I started to focus a lot on messaging because what I noticed was that people came to me for copywriting, but because they weren't super clear on their message, that's why you can't write because you don't know what you're talking about. You don't know what you're talking about. You don't know who you're talking to. Yeah, you don't. You you can't even explain to me in one minute or less what you do. So let's talk about that for a second. Actually, I feel like there's so much that we can talk about here. So a couple questions, like one, I'm just thinking that I feel like what I'm hearing you say through all of this is that your transition of what you were doing into where you're landing now, you've truly just stayed open to possibilities and you said yes to opportunities, despite like you thinking that, oh yeah, I've got this down. I've trained for this. I've taken three courses and I've already got a certification. You're like, I don't know what the hell I'm doing, but I do it for me. So yeah, I guess I can do it for you. Exactly. And it's landed you in this place that you're like, I'm aligned. And you're, I'm like, hey, what business lessons do people need to know? And you're like, you have to trust yourself. And it's so hard. It is so hard for a lot of women to trust themselves and trust that, like that innate God in them to trust that I'm doing what I am supposed to be doing. Yeah, definitely. Especially if you come from a, corporate or traditional nine to five background, pretty much everything that you need to succeed in the online space is the opposite of what you need to succeed in the corporate nine to five space. In order to succeed professionally, my experience was that you could not be yourself. You couldn't be authentic. You couldn't show your emotions. You couldn't be vulnerable. If there were any failures, you were supposed to hide that, minimize that as much as possible because then that means you're incompetent. You yes. know what I'm saying? You could not be a human and make mistakes and still be considered 
worthy. You know what I'm saying? I'm keeping the position of getting a promotion. I'm making more money, all of this stuff. Yes, exactly. I feel like there was a trend of that kind of corporate traditional. I have, I got to put on my face for the public in marketing. Yeah. I've noticed from 2015 to now, there's been a total shift away from that. For the most part, people aren't really buying into the fake, I'm, my life is perfect 100% of the time situation. Like they're not buying that anymore. Yeah. They were buying that in 2015, 16, 17. But now, especially after the pandemic, people don't want to hear that. No, you're absolutely right. You are absolutely right. Because listen, I even, I look, I changed my shirt before I got on this podcast because I had this wrinkly Modelo t-shirt on. And I thought about just showing up with my little wrinkly Modelo t-shirt on until I noticed I had a stain on the shoulder. I'm like, "Mm, she wouldn't think I'm a hot mess. I had to get used to that too during the pandemic because like I said, my goddaughter would not stay out of the room. So I had to get used to the videos not being perfect because there was a little child. If you look back at some of my videos from 2020 as a little girl in the background, either doing flips or whatever, doing something. You know what I'm saying? So I had to get over that. It would bother me so much because I couldn't edit it out because she was in the background the whole time. So, yeah. So, you got to roll with it. Yeah, I just, I rolled with it. Yeah, so that's what I mean when I say the opposite. In the online space, in order to make it, you, you have to really... I feel like entrepreneurship, especially online entrepreneurship, is a journey of really becoming familiar with yourself. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you do need to learn sales, marketing, basics, stuff like that. But I feel like in order for it to be sustainable, you have to learn you. You know what I'm saying? And it's also an acceptance process because I feel like people know who they are, yeah. but then they we've been conditioned so much out of our nature that getting back to that. Okay. Can we just talk about that for a second? Because listen, I remember this very specifically. I was 42 when this hit me. And the only reason that I remember I was 42, because I was determined, I wrote in my journal 42, because I was going to title a book 42, because that's when it all started for me. That's when my life got flipped on its head. And for the first time in 42 years, I remember sitting in my apartment that I had at the time. My husband and I were going through a separation. I had an apartment. We're still married, by the way, just throwing that out there. But we separated for a time and I lived in my apartment and I looked around and I'm like, I don't know who the fuck I am. Yeah. I cried. I'm like, I didn't know what I wanted to do. I didn't know what like my life had revolved around being married, my husband, my children. And now I didn't have any children at home and I didn't have a husband there and I didn't know what to do. So for me, what I started doing was whatever the hell I wanted to do. Like I had an idea in my head, oh, I should go here to eat. And I'm like, okay, that's what I'm going to do. I just said yes to every idea that popped into my head. And by the way, that was life-changing for me. And I get that not everybody has that opportunity it was an opportunity to separate from their husband, to go get an apartment by themselves and just to like to figure it out and cry and do all the things. But for you, what did that look like for you in figuring out like, who am I and what do I really want to do? I feel like 
it was gradual. I feel like it was a gradual unraveling. I remember when I first came in, I was too afraid to curse on my social media platform because I I was in the speech pathology thing. I would have been so much more successful with that had I just been authentic and told people like the real deal. Like how I do now with talking about the industry and what goes on and stuff like that. I was too afraid to do that back then because I thought that would make me look unprofessional. So for the woman who is listening, that's, I don't have any sales experience. I hate marketing. Do you have any resources free and or paid, whether that you provide or like your go-tos that you can say, oh yeah, you want to learn about sales? You need to go to this person's website. Do you have any resources that you can think of? For me, it was a gradual process. Like I tried everything from doing the traditional sales calls where you're scripted. I took so many sales call laden courses. It's just ridiculous. Like I have scripts and scripts about what you're supposed to use when you get a person on the phone and how you're supposed to basically convince them to buy mm-hmm. into buying right there. If they don't buy right there, you offer them some kind of fast action bonus thing. Hey, listen, I think that is the skeeziest. Yes, it's terrible. Skeeziest. Don't FOMO me. Yeah, please don't do that. Don't do that. So for me, again, it was a process of just becoming more genuine and authentic with who I am. Now I legitimately get people on the phone and just talk to them, have a conversation. A lot of times I offer them help. For example, I would map out a person's email sequence, the copy according to their human design. Yeah. So I did like at least 70 of these calls for free. Yeah. You literally walk away knowing exactly how you can write your email sequence to really align with your soul's blueprint so that people is going to convert. And I didn't try to sell them into anything. So it was like genuinely to help people. That's my biggest advice. How can you be of service? That's something I ask the universe every day. How can I be of service today? What can I do that is going to really impact the lives of other people? And through that, I make sales. So you were talking about a human design and you're a human design expert. So if I am looking for a human design expert, how do I bet someone that they know what they're talking about? You can bet someone by, are they living and breathing the work? Because for me, the reason why people, it, it resonated so well with people is because I was creating a business around my human design. Yeah. And so I would talk about, oh, I'm a generator and I'm an emotional authority. And this is the stuff that I noticed when I implemented these things or I leveraged these elements about my chart. Like I still talk about my human design today because it helps me with copywriting because my whole chart at the top is open. So I can absorb and amplify these different elements, right? Okay. So next question. One of the things that you said that I thought was really interesting is that life prepares you for what you're doing. So if you had to look back in your life and how it has prepared you for where you stand right now, what do you think is the biggest thing that stands out? Mm, I think that my life prepared me to be able to stand out in a market by 
making me have to reconcile with a part of myself that was always different. I stood out like a sore thumb everywhere. And as a child, I wanted to be so normal. Like I wanted to be like everybody else. And so I think it's that preparing me in the sense of I had to learn how to really accept the quirks, the weirdness, all the things. And in the online space, that makes me really, that endears me to people like me. Like me or they don't. Because I am a line five. So sometimes people get offended and triggered by what I say. Yeah. That's fine. They're just not your people. Yeah. Okay. So then next question, because you published a book. And by the way, I checked it out on Amazon. Your cover is fabulous. And your book is called Daring. Mm-hmm. By the way, you guys should go get her book. It's called Daring. But listen, I asked you some publishing stuff. And one of the things that you said, you gave me two things. Publishing takes money. And if you would have had to do anything differently, you would have started marketing weeks earlier than what you did. So my question for you is twofold because there is this large group of people that's, oh, you should never pay to have your book done. If you're going to work with a publisher, they're going to pay you for their book. And I'm like, people, like, no, people are getting paid to get the book done. The thing is, though, is that if you're not going, (laughs) if you're not a celebrity, let's just be honest. If you're not a celebrity, those are the people who a publishing company will pay them royal, like in advance and all this kind of stuff because they know people are going to buy it because people already like the person. They already have a fan base. But if you're going and you're going the independent publishing route, it costs money for a publishing company to hire a person to design your cover, an editor, formatter. To have somebody set up your Amazon bestseller campaign. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Or if you're wanting, you're lucky, maybe you will have a book that hits one of those other bestsellers lists. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But all of that costs money. Mm-hmm. Marketing costs money. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. I, girl, mean, I know what you're saying. I don't think somebody else knows what you're saying. Yeah, but I, and I've read that too, and they call them vanity publishers. And uh-huh. it's like, no, they're charging you because it costs money. Yeah. To produce a book, to produce a physical book. That's the reason why a lot of people, I've seen people do like those crowdfunding things because it costs money to produce a book. Even if you don't go through a publisher, you just publish it on your own, you still got to pay for the cover designer, the editor, the formatter. Yes. stuff You got to pay, have somebody, you can put it on KDP and have them produce the paperback book. But what if you decide you want to just sell it on your website? That costs money. Yeah. It costs money to ship the books and stuff if you're going to do it on your own. Yes. You know? So it's, it costs money to publish. Yes. I, I don't care what nobody says. And like I said, the only way around that is if you're some kind of celebrity. Which, by the way, I've said this before, every author, I don't care who you are. I don't care who you publish with. I don't care. I don't care. Your biggest number one thing that you should be doing is build your platform. Someone to sell it to. For me, even though I'm, I wish, like I said, the, the next book I write is going to be pre-marketed. And I'm probably going to put ads to it because it's going to be more of a business book. Um, this was like a personal memoir. So I didn't really invest in marketing it as much. And because I have the online following I have, it's sold. 
enough for me to hit a number one. And one day it sold more than Michelle Obama's and Maya Angelou's book. And that was because I reached out to people personally who had worked with me, who I'd done sessions, free sessions with, who couldn't afford to work with me. But I'm like, oh, you can have a piece of me if you buy this book. You know what I'm saying? I thought about maybe doing something, some kind of in-person gathering for people who have been following me and who like me, they want to come and maybe we have dinner together, whatever. I'll sign a copy of your book. I don't know. I thought about doing something like that. But think about a person you're coming and you have barely no audience because I've had people come to me and be like, oh, I want to write a book. And then you don't have anybody to buy it because you haven't spent the time. I've invested years in giving to people and creating content that makes a difference in people's lives and getting on the phone with people and helping people when they were not paying me. Like I've invested a lot of my time, my energy, my effort. If you have not given of yourself that way, you can't expect people to just want to buy your book. You know what I'm saying? I want to buy your program. I want to do anything. Yeah, no, I totally agree with you. Okay. So I'm going to ask you two more questions. And question number one is this. You said people come to you, especially new people in business. They came to you and they're like, they don't even have their messaging down. Okay. So let's just say I'm new in business. I'm like, oh, what do you mean I have to have my messaging down? Do you got any tips for me as an individual who might just be starting out for someone who might be listening? What are some practical things that I can do to figure out my messaging? I say start with I help statements. People are like, oh, this is so basic and da da da. If you just start now, being able to tell people how you can help them is impactful because otherwise people don't give a shit. They don't care about your fancy titles and all this kind of stuff. I spent so much time on my title when I first started in business. It's just ridiculous. People don't care about that. People want to know how you can help them be, do, have what they desire. And they've been trying to do it for years and have not been able to do it on their own. Yes. And it has to be a big enough problem that people are willing to pay to have somebody else help them solve. Yes. But that's another issue I see with people is that they start in business and they're like, oh, I have this passion. And it's, but the passion is not related to any big issues that people are actually facing. Like people pay to solve big problems. They pay big money to solve big problems. So if you can't solve big problems, then you have a hard time selling it. Keep digging. Yeah. Keep digging. Yeah. Okay. And I'm going to reiterate this. Go buy your book, Daring, on Amazon by Tasha Christie. And Christie is spelled C-H-R-I-S-T-Y. And while you're online and you're on Amazon, just go ahead and open up another tab and go to Facebook and send you a friend request. It's facebook.com, of course, slash, but you find her, Tasha, T-A-S-H-A dot Christie, C-H-R-I-S-T-Y dot 10. And then all of the fabulousness is right there at your fingertips. Yeah. And I offer, currently I'm focusing on copywriting, done for you copywriting, post writing. I do have messaging intensives, but I've only taken on like a handful of people every now and then for those. I'm not really even advertising them, but I can help you with messaging. If that is what you're noticing, where you're like, I can't figure out what to write. I don't know how to explain to people. I'm putting content out there and people aren't buying. Girl, listen, 
If I had to tell someone, here's what I tell them. Go reach out to Miss Christy. Go get your human design read. Go get in touch with yourself. Know yourself. And then she's going to help you make all that magic happen. Yeah. And another thing is, if you're new in business, one of the biggest mistakes I see is that people throw their money away. If you don't know your messaging, paying somebody for marketing, done for you marketing, done for you copywriting, done for you branding, all of that stuff. Don't spend your money on that when you're just starting out. You don't even really know what you're doing yet. Yeah, actually, that's good advice. That's like throwing spaghetti on a wall. Please don't do that. That's one of the things. And I've kind of gotten to the point where I'm going to probably start being way more selective of the people I take on for copywriting because it's hard on the copywriter, the marketer, the done for you branding person when we get you on the phone for the consultation and you can't explain to us what it is you do. I had somebody recently who was like, oh, this is just my process. I was like, okay, but I need to understand the tangible results that you help people to experience. And she could not explain to me that. So it makes it difficult for me then to, which I'm a genius at what I do. So I will be able to turn her gobbledygook. That's what I like to call it. Spiritual people come with all this gobbledygook and it doesn't make sense. But I'm able to somehow another turn it into copy that converts. Something that but makes it's easier for me, though. I love the clients who come and they're clear. They understand what they're doing. They know what kind of clients they work with. They can name the people. That kind of they can describe them. They can they understand their daily issues that they're dealing with and how their program is going to help. That makes it so much easier for me. Yes. So if you're not at the space, you need to hire somebody to help you with messaging first. Before you hire a copywriter. No, I love it. Okay, listen, just because this is on my mind and this isn't necessarily a question, this is more for those who are listening to this, just to just be clear. I talked a little bit about FOMO and skeezy sales tactics, sales tactics. Mm-hmm. Listen, I do believe there is a time and place for FOMO. I do not believe that there is a time and place for someone wanting you to make a snap decision by pulling at those like fear heartstrings. There's a difference. I think FOMO can be a good thing. And then the other thing I wanted to say is we talked a lot about like money and money, the money conversation needs to be had way more frequently than what we're having it. Like we, as women, as moms, as wives, as we're running houses, we're running the world, we're writing books, running businesses. Like we need to have these conversations and take the taboo away from having those money conversations. And listen, I think there's absolutely a time and place. Like, girl, if you can charge $10,000 a month to do whatever it is that you're doing for someone, and you have people that are going to pay you, by God, by all means, you should absolutely get that money, right? Get your money. So I just wanted to be like super clear about that. Even though my coaching was lower and a little bit more accessible, and done for you... I charge for that. Like you're going to pay me to write copy for you or to write a book for you. That's not cheap. Yeah. Nope. Not at all. Asha, this has been really amazing. Thank you so much for chatting with me. I'm like, we could probably chat for probably another 45 minutes. I know. Easy peasy. Yeah. Lunch. Thanks so much. Friend, thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of The Rebel Maker, where I not only support but also encourage rebellious behavior, rebellious action, and doing the thing that no one thought you could do. Hell yes to you. If you're digging what you're hearing, 
finding inspiration and actionable items for your next step, then please do all the things. Subscribe, share me with your besties and send me a message. I'd love to chat. Cheers to your success. 